Previously on that Cthulhu John, you hear anguished shouting. No, Raquel. Lenny, you have just witnessed something that you know can't be explained away or denied. Flower woman. Tea. Some faint shouting outside in the courtyard as Lenny finally made it outside. I'm gonna go find Lenny. When you go to touch him, he grabs your arm and swings at you. Be careful. He's crazy. And I called Yuki. And I said that I would lie and call there and say I have one. I think we should call Thompson and let him know that Lenny's missing. Uh, well, I mean, it might be better if he found him before other police officers did. Hello, flowers by Yuki. I was wondering if you have any interest in a black lotus that I found. I would love to see this flower if, if you have one. Rutherford Brightly uh, is very interested in this. Why don't you contact Rutherford? I lost his number. Do you have it for me? I would love to call him. He's bought a few rare flowers from me, but nothing black for sure. I will look forward to seeing you. Thank you very much for calling again. Bye. Thanks for joining us for that Cthulhu John episode 45. We are a real play Call of Cthulhu podcast. I am George, your keeper of arcane lore. And with me are my friends and investigators, Chad. I see dead people. They don't know they're dead yet. Chuck. Get ready. And Jenny. Hi. Every time I'll do something. All right, guys. So uh, when, we last, when we last left off, unfortunately, Lenny is no longer a playable character. Bye. He went off running into the darkness after seeing a ghost, a spectral projection of a spectral projection of energy that formed the head of Raymond Tooley. There was all kinds of uh, ectoplasm and stuff. It was gross. Yep. He even punched Heather, uh, who was trying to stop him from getting away. Gave him a big old welt on her temple. That's what she gets. I'm going to get you back, Lenny. I'm not going <laughs> to... You going to punch me? No, I'm going to make you better. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's okay. a real good yeah. revenge. She's going to fix you. No, like, okay. get you back. Like, get you back to our gang. Like, I'm going to get you back. I have 51 in psychology, so I can teach you how to be a better brain. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. And You said if it's over 50, psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis is for giving back sanity. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Something you guys could have told me when I was doing this, roll the dice, fill out how many points I want to put in everything. Well, that's what makes uh, making characters fun. I mean, everybody Putting makes it completely different points in after charm. the first one. You know. Now that's a great skill. Yeah, it it's is. not something I wanted you to do early on anyway. Lenny was built to spill. Yeah. He but, um, was not supposed to make it that long. 
but he did. Yeah, it's manufactured to fall apart. Um, That's a dirty rotten trick for your best <laughs> friends. I didn't know he was going to be anybody's bestie. <laughs> Look, I tried not to be friends, okay? You wouldn't let me. <laughs> so the last, the last thing we left off with was Heather calling flowers by Yuki. Uh, claiming that she had the she, she had a black lotus, and uh, Yuki seemed to pretend like she didn't know anything about a black lotus. But a successful psychology role from Heather let her know that Yuki is lying. However, there was also a fast talk role, if I remember right, and Heather learned that Yuki knows Professor Brightly. And then you hung up with her. Uh, Walter, when did you leave the message for uh, Detective Thompson? I don't want to. I'm not ready. I uh, I really don't remember. It might have been before I went to bed or... I think it was after. before you went to bed. Yeah, I don't think I would have waited till morning for that one. No, no, no. All right, so, Walter, you left a message for Detective Thompson at the precinct... You didn't have his personal number or pager number or anything. And he called from a payphone. And he called from a payphone so that he couldn't be tracked. Although, since I told him who it was, and he has my phone number, I suppose there wasn't really any need. You didn't. Case. You said it's a friend, a mutual friend. Right, but you, you told him that it was him. Yeah, I introduced myself as Walter. So at least he'd know who was calling him and making sense as to why he's our mutual friend. He didn't say Lenny... Right, yeah, Lenny's name. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm... Okay. Right. Um, so, Walter left that message for Detective Thompson. And speaking of Detective Thompson, Chuck... I'm not ready. That's who you're playing now. Yeah, I'm taking over the the detective. You have unlocked Detective Thompson. He's a big Who fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Oh, how the tables have turned. I know, right? He's gone, like, completely 180 on this. Starts out the bad guy, now he comes back as the... The bad guy police officer? <laughs> yeah, but the, but when yeah. you were the bad guy, you were actually the good guy. and then... Well, you know, it's it just goes he's to show you He's a complicated that, character. Yeah, just because and he's a corrupt cop. The world's not black and white. No, necessarily. He's, he's bad because he was a liar, a lying liar. Lotuses aren't all black and white, you know. <laughs> there's, yeah because there's no such thing as a black one alright so we're going to say right now it is we're going to go back in time a little bit it is 10 in the morning Luke Thompson just wakes up in his apartment in Frankfurt right off of Oxford Circle oh nice the apartment's small it's a one bedroom it's probably right there on uh, Sheltonham Ave it's um, it's not the best kept place. It's very bachelor looking. Thompson himself is kind of just a utilitarian person. Just does what needs to get by uh, as far as his own personal living and even hygiene at that point. I feel like he's probably not home very much. Buries himself in work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a thankless job. <laughs> so... That morning you wake up and you see that there is a message on your answering machine. 
Um, at the at home in my office. No, at oh. home. Oh, does it forward it? No. Oh, oh why don't different... you play the answering machine message? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Oh. I stay in bed. I don't there ever leave. There might be someone else in the world that contacts you other than Walter. All right. Um, you know, walking around the house with like the toothbrush in my in my mouth. I press ah. play on that as the uh, as I, I start to shower up and all. I guess. So you hear on the answering machine, "Hey, Luke, it's Nancy." I'm sorry. Let me do a girl voice. Um, let me do a girl voice. Nancy Thompson. Hi. See here on there. Hey, Luke, it's Nancy. Um, I'm sorry to call you and tell you this, but the twins don't want to see you this weekend. They instead just want to stay at home. Um, I'm sorry to tell you that, but, you know, maybe if you put a little more effort into things that they might want to come over sometime, but. Uh, you won't be seeing him this weekend. I guess that's all I had to say. Bye. Probably yell something at the answer machine, like from across the apartment, as I'm like standing at the fridge or something. Like you fucking bitch! Those are my kids. Oh, put the effort in, huh? I never heard that one before. <laughs> How about uh, not showing up? It's a lot of effort on the kids' part. Christ. <laughs> oh, he's got Lenny's voice too. Oh no. I can't. That's, I'm not ready. I have to channel a whole new being. I got. I'll, yeah. I'll find him. I'm gonna work my way through it. I'll find him. You just gotta work it out. Christ, Nancy, unbelievable. So after showering up and everything, you uh, go on your way to work. You get in there and you see uh, Linda at the front desk. There, uh, she's kind of a shorter, chubbier cop. She says, "Hey, Luke, you gonna be staying late tonight too?" Early in, laid out. I guess it, uh, you know, usually comes with the job, Linda. I slowly take my sunglasses off. Maybe my hat or whatever. Yeah! <laughs> That's only when I put them on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's backwards. It's backwards. <laughs> <when you're laughs> um, I kind of just, you know, make with pleasantries and walk on by. All right. Probably go right to the coffee station or whatever. Yep. And as you get to the coffee station, uh, you see a younger cop there. And his name is Martinez. And he kind of seems to admire you in a way. Ugh. And he he goes, oh, Detective Thompson. And he he has two cups of coffees in his hand. And he hands you one of them. Is it my mug? Because I got there's this one mug that I brought in. I hate it when other people use it. No, no, no. It's not your mug. It's just a paper cup. All right. I probably got my mug in my office. Yeah, definitely. Martinez. Word's best detective. Read my mind. <laughs> uh, so Martinez hands you this coffee, and he goes, "So, uh, Detective Thompson, you got any neat cases coming up? Uh, any anything cool like?" He's this—he's this bright-eyed rookie who has kind of followed your career as you have. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you're not a good cop now, but you started off as one. It's a uh, bad one. I think I'm just a little defeated. Yeah. Um, I say, uh, I got more questions than answers right now. I, uh, I'll let you know if something comes up later. And I continue walking to my office. He goes, 
okay, uh, have a good day. And you brush past them, go to your office. In your office, there is a message on your answering machine. If this is Nancy, I swear to I press play. And you hear a message from uh, Walter Pendergast, someone that you have met before in the investigation of Millie. Hmm, Pendergast. Is that still open, by the way? That investigation? It is. Yeah, that's probably a lot of more questions than answers. Yeah. Um, say, hmm, Pendergast, Pendergast. And I open my, one of my drawers and, you know, look through the file for the, uh, you know, the case or whatever. Just as I'm listening. In the case, you find a business card that says Walter Q. Pendergast, uh, antiquarian and antique restoration. All right. Um, he says on the message that you have some sort of mutual friend that's in trouble. Do I know who he's talking about? Uh, you're not sure 100%, but probably Lenny, Leonard Cobb. Hmm. He's yeah. the only person that you know that both of you know. I definitely need to speak with him some more. Or it could, it could be Heather, too. Could be Heather Snakehole. Oh, uh, the mutual friend? But you're not sure. I see. Yeah. But you're not sure. Um, we're going to say it's about noon right now, after getting settled in and everything. Paperwork. Yeah. Following up leads, maybe. Getting all that shit out of the way. And uh, about noon rolls around. Do you want to call Walter at his uh, business? Yeah, I guess. Wait, I have his personal business card, don't I? Yeah, it, it has both his home and uh, work number on it. Okay, uh, I'll try him at home first, I guess. But I don't know. It's like a work day, so I don't know yeah. what I would think to do. Well, if you want to try him at home first, you don't get an answer. You get an answering machine. In lieu of leaving a message, I'll try the other number first. All right. So you call the bookstore number and you hear a man pick up. Doesn't sound like Walter. And he just says, uh, yeah, Joe Clark's bookshop. What can I do to help you? Say, I'm uh, calling to speak to uh, Walter Pendergast. Oh, can I ask who's calling? He just walked in. Luke Thompson. I don't want to say my profession just so as not to, you know, alert his co-workers or whatever, I guess. I got you. So, Walter, you're just walking in the door. You hear the ding, 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 ding from the bell as you walk in. Same as you do every day. But as soon as you step in, uh, Headley turns to you and goes, uh, Walter, uh, there's a call for you. Luke Thompson? Uh, he undoes his uh, scarf a little bit, and he's like, geez, uh, you know, at this rate, soon you guys are going to have to start charging me rent rather than paying me for working for you. And uh, he kind of unbuttons his jacket on the way over to the phone. Uh, hello? Mr. Pendergast, I believe you left me a message. It's Detective Thompson. Oh, yeah, Luke. Uh, I didn't know your, I didn't think of your first name, but, uh, uh good to, good to hear you call me back. Um, could I just, uh, put you on hold a second and step into the back real quick? Yeah, sure. And I kind of lean back, put my feet up on my desk. <laughs> nice. And I go to pick it up in the other room. All right, so you go to your back room, pick up the phone, get it transferred back there. Uh, hey, uh, detective, or uh, can I call you Luke? Uh, I mean, I know we're not very uh, well acquainted, but... Luke's fine right now. Um, listen, uh, I don't know exactly what all Lenny told you, but 
he told me that he trusted you and I know that he's in a bit of trouble right now so I thought to come to you with this um, it's an understatement <laughs> yeah I bet um, you know uh, something seemed to push him over the edge yesterday and uh, he just he kind of went on running and even went so far as to uh, strike a, a good friend of his and um, you know the whole thing just kind of made me uh, a little more worried than usual seeing as it seems you know what kind of trouble he is perhaps more than I do but uh, he didn't seem like he was in a good state of mind when he left and um, we haven't really been able to find him since. I'm not sure Lenny has very many friends left. I mean there's not a lot of options for him as to where he could go. I mm. guess uh, I mean it hasn't been 24 hours yet so he wouldn't be considered a missing persons. Was it 24 right. or 48? I think it's 48. Do they? Isn't that the first, the important time they're supposed to find you when you're missing? Yes. But you can't report somebody till after that? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. That is a little weird when you think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 48. He's a grown man, not a missing person. He's got a lot of people uh, that aren't too pleased with him right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he just uh, went off on his own to spare you guys. Uh, I expect to hear from him at some point. If he runs from me, uh, he'll have more problems. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't think he wants that. Like I said, I mean, he hit somebody that's a good friend of his, and uh, that's the part that kind of worries me. I, I don't think he's in the right frame of mind. He wouldn't normally do that. I, I don't know if I'm asking for anything, but, you know, like I said, he said that he trusted you, so I figured uh, if there were any officer to know about this it should probably be you especially because he told me a little bit about your chief which is quite concerning uh yes uh, he and i spoke briefly about that uh he's also wanted by the police commissioner sheesh goes that high up i suppose there is nothing that ties them two together it's very strange he said something about maybe they got to him, too, uh, but he was all, all very cryptic, insisting that he was being honest. I had a feeling I wasn't getting the whole story. I think I'm still missing a lot. If there's anything you could fill in, maybe it'll help us find him. Maybe it'll help us get him out of that mess. Walter gets uh, some goosebumps up and down his arms. Uh, yeah, um, I suspect that I know why he was holding back... Um, definitely not a conversation for over the phone. Hmm, of course not. He kind of looks down at his watch. Uh, come to think of it, actually, uh, I just got to work, too. But, uh, could we maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, grab some coffee later and, uh, talk about this a bit more? At a time that's not work hours? Uh, well, you've got my number. Uh, let me know, I suppose. I'll be here most of the night. Is uh, contacting your office the best way to reach you? You do have a pager. I do also have a pager. I'm going to write that down. That's a possession. That's ballin'. <laughs> <laughs> um, take my pager number. And I do. Uh, I'll get back to you whenever I can. Okay, great. Um, well, yeah, thanks. Uh, I appreciate you getting back to me so soon. Uh, I hopefully will have some uh, more better news on the situation next time we talk. Thanks again. Luke? 
I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do about looking for Lenny in the meantime. Oh, uh, yeah, with that, you know, uh, we were in the um, University City area when he uh, skipped town on us. He does the air quote thing, not that Thompson can see that, but uh, yeah. just to give you, you know, a point of reference to start from, if that helps. Hmm. That's tough. Could have went a lot of places from there. Yeah. You got trains and buses. Highways. He mentioned something about his uh, truck. Maybe, uh, maybe he's going to try to get that and uh, skip town. I don't know if that helps, but kind of shrugs. Did he? He never got it back, right? No, because he was planning on doing it, and then he ran away and he grabbed right. the pump sprayer. I bet. Or he took that car. Oh, oh, I don't know that. Shit. But. Yeah, I don't know that. He's got the yeah, keys. I don't know that Walter would think of that either. So I'm not going to mention that. All right. Um, I said, well, um, I know where his truck is being kept. Uh, maybe I'll check there first. Yeah, and uh, Walter sounds a little enthusiastic with that. He says, well, thanks again, uh, Detective John. Luke, appreciate it. Have a good day. He hangs up. All right. Uh, during that time, what is Heather doing? She's at Walter's house. Mm-hmm. And uh, Heather, give me an intelligence roll real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, 71. Oh. Out of? 85. I didn't realize I had that much. She's a, she's a smart little uh, cookie. Yeah. Right, so, Heather, you have tried calling Flowers by Yuki. You've talked to the woman there. You know that she's pretty much lying to you. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get this idea in your head that what if I actually confronted her, like, face-to-face? See what happens then. Yeah. So, how would I But get... you don't, you don't I... drive anywhere. Right. I have to... Especially without your roommate's car. Yeah. So I have to get to Delaware. Um, I guess I have to... I'm just going to go to Walter's work and ask if I could borrow his car. Okay. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. All right, Walter, come. Well, you're coming from West Philly, uh, which is where the new hotel is, so it won't be a long ride. Uh, okay. And by the time you get there, it's about 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Walter, you see Heather walk in as you're stocking some books on the shelves. You see her walk in. Your attention is turned towards the belt. Oh, hey, Heather. It gives her a wave from across the room. Hey, Walter. Um... Any chance I could borrow your car? Uh, probably. I'll put gas in what, it. Uh, I still have the money you gave me. What's on your mind this time? Uh, I'm trying to think if I want to tell the truth. It's up to you. Yeah, I guess so. Walter's my buddy. I think I'm going to stop by that Flowers by Yuki. Hmm. Taking the initiative on this one, I like it. Um, well... Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, 
Delaware's kind of far. Um, do you know uh, where this place is? How to get there? I guess we have some maps around. We could probably route you a course. He raises an eyebrow skeptically. <laughs> the address was actually no. You'd have to go to the library to figure out the address because you're going to need another phone book. Oh. Could I just call information? You could call information, sure. Yeah. Are you going to do it from the bookstore? Of course I am. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so, Walter, Heather asked if she can use your phone in the back. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He agrees. Alright, he agrees to it. So you call information, they give you the address for Flowers by Yuki in Wilmington, Delaware. Do you borrow and you borrow Walter's car at this point? Walter, do you have any problems with that? Uh, not necessarily, but he does have something that's been on his mind. And since uh, he doesn't have the opportunity to go there now, he um, kind of gestures for you to follow him to the back uh, so that others don't really hear what he's about to say. Okay. This is, um, listen, uh, I don't. I don't exactly know the best way to do this, but from what you said before and what uh, Lenny said and what everybody else seems to be keen on doing, I wonder if there might be another way to get the truth from this lady. <sighs> he he kind of looks a little, he frowns a little bit and um, you see that he's kind of wrestling with what he's about to suggest a bit. Says, um, you know how the book that we found from Bradshaw said that whoever was uh, under his control had to make the symbol? What if we somehow got Yuki to make the symbol and you tried to get her to tell you the truth by doing what Bradshaw did to Ginger to Yuki? I love that idea. <laughs> you two are insane without a leash. I love that idea. <laughs> um, you can see that. Well, like how can I make? I have to make her be able to. Like, do you have any ideas on that? Do you have any? Now, Heather, you don't know exactly how the curse works. That's the part I've been wrestling with. I mean, Lenny did find all that info and mark it in the book, and then Walter read it after. Walter had been kind of studying it too, so I mean, he should and we be. We kept studying just that part. I thought Walter made copies. He did. Oh, you did make copies of the book. That's oh. right, or at least the spells. That well, were in two it. of the yeah. three, like the ensorceling part, I guess, if that's a word. Um, right. I like it. <laughs> ensorceling. I'm not sure if I'm using that correctly. If it is even a word, but. Um, I like it either way. <laughs> It's good. It's, um, it's a word now. I mean, that's the part I've kind of been wrestling with. I I don't know how we would trick her into writing it, but I mean, I thought two different ideas, and he does like the, the hands up in the air, like a balancing scale kind of thing. I mean, we uh, could potentially offer a trade, you know, the information we have for the information she has. She seems to be... Uh, well, no, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't jump to conclusions there, but, I mean, if this information is to be believed, and he rifles through the copied sections of that book that have the information we're talking about, I mean, this could be very 
valuable, if not dangerous in the wrong hands, but I mean, maybe there's some way you could uh, entice or convince her to um, draw the symbol under the guise of, uh, you know, using this power to her advantage while secretly using it to your advantage? I'm just trying to think of how I could have her draw it or make it appear. Without actually drawing it yourself, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I can draw it now. I, think I don't know. Yeah, would she be immune know. to the effects already at this point? Not immune, but I mean... I, I fed it. I fed it, so... Right. If somebody shot you with a, hit you with a fireball, right? Just because you got hit with it once, does that mean you're immune to it? Probably. Or is that second fireball <laughs> going to be worse? I have never been hit with a fireball, so I'm going to go with yes. A resounding you're <laughs> immune. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not here, but I'd be a little I think when you get hit with a around. fireball, it's like in Mario when then you get the flower and you turn red and the fireballs don't hurt you anymore. I'm yeah. pretty sure the some of the piranha plants can still hurt you with fire. Everything, all the fire still hurts. The spinning columns of fire, the Koopas. <laughs> the look on Jenny's face right now. <laughs> Probably right. I yeah. felt like I was really doing something there. Never mind. <laughs> My bad. But I think it's no, dangerous. I think you're that right. yellow sign is rough. All right, so Heather, what do you do from here? Do you borrow his car? Do you go down um, there? He's what do you do? Um, yeah. happy to make a second. I mean, you might even have more than one copy. I forget if I only made one. I probably, I usually do make more than one copy of things like that. But in either case, uh, he would provide you with a copy of both of those and the keys of the car. If you're interested in that route, that is. But either way, he does give you the car. Yeah, the car. I want them. Um, do you have any questions you want me to ask her if I can? Well, I mean, I, we're still kind of unclear as to the connection between uh, this Lotus and uh, the uh, people that are after Lenny and the Ophidians, uh, but I think she's got to know something that she's not telling us. And, you know, uh, if this uh, spell... He says as he gestures to the copies of the papers he gives you, is to be believed. I mean, she should be willing to part with anything that she's been hiding. Tricky business there. I mean, we need uh, some uh, disappearing, reappearing ink or... That's what I was thinking. Maybe uh, some some wax on a paper and then we could wet the paper and the image would show up. Uh, I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, but... Uh, I just uh, I haven't really come up with any surefire ways to uh, entrap someone like that. I just, uh, it's not, not really my thing. I kind of feel bad just even conspiring like this, honestly. But we're kind of desperate. I'm kind of desperate. Can you make me two copies of the papers? Sure. Sure, no problems. He can, t- he can totally do that. Cranks out a couple more copies. Okay. Uh, making sure to keep at least the original set that he had with him and then gives her the copies. All right. So you got two copies of those pages with the spells on them now, Heather? Okay. And then... What are you doing with two? Hmm? What do you think about... Th- no, go on. Never mind. I think I I understand now. Two. It's the key. Sneaky, sneaky. It's the key. Um, all right. So do you drive down to yeah, no. Flowers by Yuki? Yeah, I'm going to cruise... 
All right, so it takes about an hour to get down there. By the time we get down there, it'll be about 2.30. In the meantime, Thompson, you are at work still. Yeah. Um, right. Anything in particular you want to accomplish while you're at work right now? Would, uh, yeah, I'd like to solve all kinds of crimes and save this goddamn filthy city. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but realistically, that's not going to happen. Um, have I had any contact with um, the Ophidians, specifically Joey and or Chucky, since they, they turned? You haven't seen them in person yet. Have I had any calls or anything in a while? You have not heard any calls from them either. Okay. Uh, You're trying to get in touch with them, but they don't call you back when you give them a page. Maybe around 1.30 or so. Usually when I go out for lunch. I'm gonna cruise by. Uh, I'm gonna cruise by the truck depot. Okay, so around 1:30, you start to leave your office, and you hear someone shouting as you are leaving, and the voice sounds familiar. Fuck! How did he end up here? Um, no way. I uh, leave my office. You leave towards the sound of the voice, and sure yeah. enough, you see Lenny Cobb no. getting brought in in handcuffs. He's screaming and trying to struggle and everything. There's three cops on him trying to hold him down right now and just to stop him from getting away. I stand there and watch as oh, I put shit. my hat on my head. And you see Lenny there going, They're snakes! They're all snakes! Everyone! Uh, you there? You there? <laughs> It sounds like Lenny. It really does. It's, that's something he would say. I think it's really him. <laughs> but he's, he's mostly just trying to thrash about. Yeah. I don't say anything. I don't approach. I watch him. Obviously, he's into rest. Give him some time. Yeah. You see them take him towards the interrogation rooms. Um, not into, toward a holding cell? No, you see him take him to an interrogation room first. Okay, I'll wait a moment and um, see what they do with him. If they throw, toss him in there to wait, see if someone else shows up or uh, if they, you know, whatever they're doing with him. I wait okay. and watch. Get a little closer. So you get in a little bit closer and you see that they take him into a room a uh, little bit past the interrogation rooms, the normal ones anyway. They take him into one where you know that there are manacles on the table. Yeah. So they bring him in there. Do you go in the room too? No. No, I wait to see. I'd imagine the three uniforms aren't going to be interrogating him. No, they put him in the room, and then you see them leave the room. They say, uh, what's the perp here? Uh... Oh, that's not, that's Lenny. Say, what's, um, <laughs> what's he done? Who's, uh... Who wants to talk to him? Says the chief wants to talk to him. He's coming down a little bit. I see. Well, that can't be good. Maybe he uh, bit off a little more than he could chew. It's <laughs> a good one. Um, but what do you what do you do from there? Do you wait for the chief to come down, or? Um, I don't want to be on his radar exactly, but I do kind of want to know what's going on. Is there like one of those like uh, two-way mirror things from the other side? And you get to like watch or the one-way yep. mirror or whatever? Sure is. Maybe I'll go back there. 
All right. So you go back to where the uh, that one-way glass is, uh-huh. and there's three cops in there, and they go, "Hey, Thompson, what uh, what are you doing here?" Curious. This guy's uh, it's tied to a couple of my ongoing investigations right now, and uh, while it says he's directly involved, I'd like to sit in, keep an eye on him. He's got to be involved in some shit, cause you know the chief's coming down and talk to him personally. Yeah, it's uh, he's got to be into something big, huh? Must be. And uh, the chief comes down. You see him strolling. Old, uh... Gregor Sambor. Gregor. Yeah. Isn't he... Is he commissioner? Chief. Chief of police? The commission. The, the police commissioner. The chief of police. Is it the same? I don't know. So many jobs. Uh, well, the police... Com- the, the, the head of the police force comes down. Uh, the chief, and he comes down and he says, uh, all right, guys, why don't you, uh, I'll take a break. I'm going to go in there and talk to him myself. You got it, chief. And I let the other cops go out first, and Poor I also go out, but I, I kind of circle back and try to sneak back in when he's in there talking to Lenny. Unless there's, like, a tape recorder or, like, a camera, I can just click play on real quick before walking out. Or not play, but record. There is no camera there. Is there a tape recorder with a tape in it by any chance? There is a tape recorder. Can I try to press record on it on my way out? Sure you can. Is anyone watching me? There's no one there right now. The other cops have left and you have circled back. As you go back to hit the record button, you can still kind of see into the room there. I um, I don't want to... There's a little speaker that you can put the record button near. Okay. Of course, but it's hard to actually hear inside the room. Or, you know, from, from outside of it, you can't yeah. really hear other than the speaker. Yeah. So I kind of just uh, gently leave the tape recorder and then I, uh, I leave the room. I'll come back in a bit for it. Okay. But I don't want to be caught there, you know, so I don't want to wait. Right. As you're leaving the room, you see the lights go off in the interrogation room. Strange. Uh, uh, well, either way. And I close the door behind me and leave. All right. He would be able to see through the mirror then. Where are you going? Let's go to the coffee station. Back to my office for like a minute. Uh, you know, give it 10 or 15. Go back that way and see if I can grab my tape recorder without being noticed. Try to keep an eye on that direction and see if he comes out as well. All right. So... While you're at the coffee station, you hear a commotion and you see some uh, the cops that, you know, are medics or medically trained cops come running across the precinct there and you see them heading towards the interrogation rooms. Did Lenny's heart burst? I, um, I go see what's <laughs> happening. You go to see what's happening, and you see that they are carrying out Lenny. There's two cops holding him up and kind of dragging him. Uh, You see them drag him out front where there is an awaiting ambulance. They put him in there, and the ambulance drives away. I ask um, one of the cops that put him in there, it's a... uh... Which uh, hospital is he, is he being taken to? Uh, let's see. Roundhouse. 
Jefferson. Thank you. And uh, I swing back by the uh, interrogation room and try to scoop up my tape. All right. When you go back to the interrogation room, you find the tape recorder. However, you don't find a tape inside of it. Fucker. All right. So let's go back to what Heather is doing. It's about 2.30 in the afternoon when you arrive at Flowers by Yuki. Yep, I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I just go in. Are they open? They are open right now. Can you open the door? Mm -hmm. And when you walk in, you hear a boo-boo, like a little chime. You look around and you see a bunch of uh, flowers, plants. The place is absolutely gorgeous. A lot of flowers that you recognize uh, all out front and some that you have seen but don't know the names of. All of the flowers look impeccable. Uh, No wilting or anything on them. As you're walking through, you even see a little Venus flytrap plant in there. You see a fly go through it and kind of jump down towards the nectar on it and you see it slowly close and crush the fly. What good timing. Mm -hmm. And as you're looking at this, you hear a woman's voice go, yes, hello, can I help you with anything? Hi, uh, I think we spoke on the phone earlier today. Oh, did we? What did we speak about? I get so many phone calls. Oh my God, George, stop. (laughs) Uh, we spoke about the lotus. Oh, yes. I believe you have some sort of very dark colored lotus. <laughs> Just say it, lady. I do. I do. I don't um have it with me. I just wanted to talk to you about it. She goes, oh, well, that's fine. Tell me more about it then. Well, I was just wondering if you've spoken to Brightly. So she says to you, well, not since I've talked to you, I haven't spoken to him. I told you I lost his number. If you have it, I would love to be able to call him back again. Uh, Heather, she's reaching for a piece of uh, paper and a pen, it looks like. Let's see a spot hidden roll. Okay. I don't don't know what to do. (laughs) One. A one? Uh, One. Zero, zero, one. Oh, wait, that's good. Oh, wow. Is it good? That's great. That's the best. That's a crit. Because I had no idea what to do. Okay. So while she's reaching for this piece of paper, you can see a tattoo on her forearm. She reaches with her long sleeve, but the sleeve pulls back a little bit. You see a little tattoo on her forearm. The tattoo looks like some sort of very graphically designed snake. Oh my god. Oh my god. She reaches for the paper. She comes back with the pen and she says, uh, do you have his number? I would, I would really love to have it. It's been a while since I've talked to him. I think I'd have to ask him first. I mean, he was pretty serious about you already having it, so... 
don't really feel. Heather, give me an intelligence roll. Um, so, snake cult? Yeah. 20. A 20, and that's got to be a hard pass for it's you, It's a hard right? pass. Okay. You remember the very rare flower that Lenny had told you about. It's kind of a, like a pink flower that looks a lot like the black lotus. She was there when he looked it up in the book at Walter's store, I believe. Yep. Yeah. She was. So you remember that one. And why don't you, th- you think to yourself, maybe you could ask about that one, since she doesn't seem to be opening up about this Black Lotus. And do I remember the name of it? Okay. Yeah, you remember the name of it. I didn't. I never actually stated it, but you remember okay. the name of it. It was the Pink Lotus. Yeah, the pink one. <laughs> yeah. Do you, if you've never heard of that one, have you heard of the Pink Lotus? Right, right. Um, and she goes, oh, yes, I have, actually. We have some here. Are they for sale? They are. They're quite expensive. But I think you'll find that it's well worth the price. Would you like to see them? I would. Well, just follow me. She opens a door that's behind the counter and where the register is. And uh, she says, yes, please, just follow me down here. And you see some steps that lead down. Okay. I go with her. Okay. So she goes down to the basement with you. As you're going down to the basement, you see that it's pretty well lit down there. When you go in there, you see a bunch of plants and it looks like they're like grow lights, Mm -hmm. maybe, that are helping uh, keep these plants alive. And she says, that's it right over there. And you see a pink lotus and uh, you go to approach it. Mm -hmm. All right. Take a good look at it. I mean, it looks like a very pretty flower. She says, did you, um, were you interested in buying it? No, I just wanted to make sure it looked... You turn around and say that to her, and then you see her with her palm up to her mouth, and she... She blows something in your face. Got him. You never follow a snake cultist into a basement. I never go to a second location. (laughs) (laughs) You see some powder get blown in your face. Heather, you, you cough a little bit and you stumble back and Yuki goes, says to you, Now, I think you will tell me how you know about the Black Lotus. Yes. And you she see said her it. start to grow really big and you uh. start to grow really small. Oh, she got you with the Wonderland dust. <laughs> <laughs> and she's towering over you now and she says, what do you know about the Black Lotus? <laughs> Heather, you're tripping out right now. You don't know exactly what's going on. Heather, you're going to lose 13 sanity points. Wow. That comes with, the, I bet, some some bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it's over five, so that yeah. means you have to give me another intelligence roll. You want to fail. This intelligence. Okay. Should I, I should take the 13 away first. Yeah, take away your 13 sanity points. Cool, cool. I feel like I still have a lot, though. I'm all right. It's okay. That's all right. I'm okay. Everything's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. I want to fail intelligence. 
You want to fail your intelligence rule for this part. Guys, I did it. I got an 87. I got an 87 and I have 85. Oh, wow. Okay. So, since you have failed by failing your uh, intelligence roll, you don't realize the full understanding of what's happening right now. Very good. However, the visions that you start having are absolutely horrific. And next thing you know, you start talking about Lenny. You start talking about Walter. You were going to hit her with the, with the truth, and she hit you with the truth. I know. <laughs> I had a sneaky plan. I don't think you did. I think you just copied it twice and then didn't know what you were doing after that. No, I had did an idea. Did you have a plan? I had okay. an idea. <laughs> so, you see. I just wanted two copies. You kind of spill everything that you know, including... Your uh, knowledge of everything that Walter has told you. Oh, shit. What a fucking rat. The... (laughs) Scabby the rat over here. She's behind everything. She did this to Brightly, right? And then got him on board in the cult, but he doesn't really even know. I'm telling you, that's what that means. She's the, the puppet Flower master woman, from the beginning. Gibberish key. A snake tattoo? I would get a snake tattoo in real life. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything, honestly. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. Like, I feel like snake tattoos are pretty cool. They always have been. Yeah, Especially like, if there's a dagger or a skull. Timeless. A motorcycle. Or just like wheels and an engine coming out of a snake. <laughs> like a like a snake hot rod. <laughs> <laughs> like rat thing? Draw it, please. I, I did at one time, and it was a snake with, with big hot rod wheels and exhaust pipes. I have a skull and crossbones, so I mean, I'm due for a snake tattoo. I have one that looks like a race car thing, but it's not. So Heather, after these horrific visions and you spouting off everything that you know uh, about the Black Lotus, you pass out for eight hours jesus i am gonna get fired i have <laughs> work tonight don't i still have like a black eye too what oh yeah yeah you're not having a very good time no one is. what a day no one's having a good time oh but that's another hit point for resting right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> silver linings <laughs> gotta find them everywhere Wait, do you get do you get hit point back every time you sleep or every day? I think it's a day. Damn. It's a day. Right. Yeah, it's a whole day. A day of rest. I would just yeah. have people like punch me in the face, knock me out, get a hit point. <laughs> oh wait, no, I'd lose a hit point if I kept getting punched. Yeah. Yeah. So it's eh. forget it. Just being some eternal loop of getting punched. Rewind that. So, Walter, what are you up to? Uh, come about 2.30 in the afternoon, you're still just at work? Yeah, I mean, aside from my regular work duties, um, I do want to prep for meeting up with Thompson later. And by that, I mean copy specific passages from the Specula Magus, particularly pertaining to the Ophidian's method of duplicating someone's visage and persona. Okay. And also the passage that has the 
different effects of the different toxins they are known to produce and making sure that the one that Lenny was injected with is among those. I'll maybe highlight or something to that nature of that one specifically. And I make together or put together a little case file essentially for Thompson. All right. So you put together some info uh, for Thompson, everything that's probably pretty relevant. Anything you want to leave out? No, I don't omit anything. I'm only doing this because I don't expect him to believe anything I say. So maybe if he reads it and processes it a different way, that'll sink in more effectively. I don't know. Might be grasping at straws here, but it's the best approach I can think of at the moment. All right, Thompson, what are you doing? You just saw Lenny got pulled out. Uh, and put into an ambulance. He was alive? You're not sure. They were dragging him out. He didn't look conscious. He didn't look beat up or anything, though, either. Mm -hmm. I'll follow up on that later, then. Um, I was going to go out and get stopped for lunch and swing by the uh, truck depot where Lenny used to work. Ooh, all right. He he mentioned the f- the flower possibly having that psychotropic effect, and so to follow up on that, I'm gonna see if I can get access to the office and if there's a flower there is my plan, just to uh, you know kind of corroborate some of his story and then see what I can find out about it. All right, okay, so um, you head over to the truck depot. We're gonna say that takes us out to about three o'clock. Uh, no, 2.30, 2.30, I'm going to say. All right, so around then you come to the truck depot, uh, pull up in your in your, in your your Thunderbird. My bitch in Thunderbird. <laughs> bitch in Thunderbird. <laughs> Copyright. And uh, where do you head from there? Do you just go straight to Skinny Joey's office? Or? Yep. Um, you right. know, act like I've been there before. I have been. Yeah, you have. So you wind up, uh, so you walk up through the uh, through the depot, into the office building, up the stairs. Uh, no one tries to stop you or anything. You know, they just walk right through. And as you get to the office door of Skinny Joe, you open it, and you see his secretary, Laura, there. I give it a knock before I open it into the secretary's room or whatever. Okay, so you knock. Just knock and then open it, yeah. And you hear, come in. And there you see Laura there, and she goes, uh, oh, hi, Detective Thompson. Uh, what can I do for you? Good afternoon. Uh, is your boss in? She goes, Joey? Uh, he's not in today. Either one of them. She goes, uh, oh, well, Chucky's not in either. I um, just have something I need to leave. I'm going to just keep walking toward the door, the, the, main, the office door. She doesn't try to stop you. She better not. She stopped Lenny once. She ain't stopping this say, guy. You, Thompson's got better luck with her than <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> uh, like, Lenny would be the more stable man, though. She, like, bitch-smacked Lenny. Yeah, she says to you, okay, uh, yeah, just leave whatever you, you have to leave on his desk. So I walk in. I'm going to close the door behind me. Okay. And I begin... I believe Lenny said the flower was behind the desk. And so I go behind the desk, maybe move the chair, see if there's a shelf or something, anything. There is a shelf behind the desk, and right next to a picture of Skinny Joey and Chucky fishing, you see a small, black-looking flower. I mean, it's, it's, upon closer inspection, it's very dark purple, but it looks black 
from a distance. I um, on the desk is there like a letter opener or anything? Sure. Yeah, a little like decorative knife-looking letter opener there. I take out my handkerchief and I snip a couple of the petals that are on the back, and wipe off the letter opener and wrap wrap up the petals and put the letter opener back and pocket the petals. Cool. And and I walk out. Okay. It's bullshit. Was that easy? Was that easy? <laughs> just walk in and take it. I was like, do just I leave anything? It. No, just I leave no. Like, just thinking of you. You didn't leave anything. I don't. I mean, what? Just to cover my time? What would I leave? I mean, um, oh, uh, you know what? Yeah. Um, just I just scribble uh, my pager number, and okay. uh, I just write uh, Cobb picked up, or Cobb okay. was picked up. And then I leave my number and I walk out. So at least it looks that like I'm doing something for them. <laughs> right. That easy. <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna find out about it with their whole. They got like snake radio, snake walkie-talkies, or something. <laughs> that was just like the least anxiety I've had this entire game. Like, yeah. So she said, "Go ahead in," and then you go in. You take the flower. All right. I was like, "Oh, good." I needed that like five seconds. So <laughs> <laughs> something was easy. <laughs> this whole time we're all dying. Driving is easy. We're all going fucking nuts. All I do is like, <laughs> we never thought. Just go get it. <laughs> No, I tried. No. She's no, a tried. really good secretary. No. <laughs> yeah. She does not like plenty, plenty cobweb salad. No, she did not like cobweb salad. <laughs> That's his full last name. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, mouth, it's a mouthful, so, you know. All right. Uh, so I leave. I nod to her on the way out. And that's it. And I, I guess I go right. back to work. All right, head back to work, start doing some paperwork, that kind of thing. Yeah. I want to call the hospital, too. Okay. And see if I can inquire about Lenny's condition. So after about an hour or so of uh, being back at the precinct and uh, getting some of the paperwork done, we're going to say it takes you out to about 5 o'clock in the uh, afternoon. And around that time is when you decide eh, it's a you know, good time to call the hospital. So you call up Jefferson Hospital, and they say to you, uh, no one under that name has been checked in. Hmm. Uh, would there have been um, an individual about uh, six foot or so, uh, salt and pepper beard, and I give him Lenny's description. Say uh, maybe uh, kind of uh, out of it or uh, ranting, raving. He would have come in with from the police, the district, the precinct, or whatever. Maybe he didn't get his name. I see. And uh, she says, "Oh, the John Doe. Yeah, um, that sounds like him." Uh, John Doe. Uh, what, what is this John Doe's condition? She says, "Um, well, unfortunately, he didn't make it." <gasps> come. Yep, yep, I yep, see. yep, yep. Very well, um, I'd like that autopsy. Says, oh, yeah, sure, uh, no problem. I'll follow up with you. She, uh, says, she says it hasn't been filled out quite yet. Yeah. But uh, as soon as it is, we'll, we'll let you know, uh, detective. Follow it up tomorrow, then. All right. You killed Lenny. Oh. R.I.P. Lenny. No. 
Really? You didn't even give him a day oh, of like, no. is he, what's he doing? Is he, did he go to Alaska? You know? The Mophidians <laughs> had it out for him. Man. He never saw his truck again. He never said goodbye to. He had the, the cops after him, a temporary relief for in the APB. He was done, yeah. He wasn't going to get very far, to be fair. I was going to find him, make him better, and take him to Alaska. Gonna... <laughs> He's fucking dead? No, oh, man. You guys told me. People don't die. What? They just go crazy most of the time. We never said they don't die. I didn't say they don't die. Well, that's <laughs> never what I said thought. That once. <laughs> All right, so that's where we're going to end the episode. Though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think technically the words were there are no happy endings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys did say that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then he didn't die happy. You did say that. He died mad. <laughs> well, I want. <laughs> We're all a bit mad here. Um, so, all right. So, thanks to everyone for listening, and just everyone remember, sanity is overrated until you die. <laughs> Hello and welcome to that luck roll. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, it's time to roll up luck. Everyone, do roll a roll your percentile dice. Sorry. And try to get above your luck score. Yeah, sixty-seven will do it. Sixty-six. Whoa. That's, that's an evil number. Damn. Meant to be. Plus one luck. Six. That's three sixes. Uh oh. 83 is higher than his 35. All right. So, mm-hmm. two. Put me at a whopping 37. You got more than me. And remember. Friendship is overrated. <laughs> I got sanity for days. This is going to be awesome. I got How 75 sanity. sanity. Dad, you're like the sanest person in the Damn. world. I got it together. Thompson's pretty level-headed. I feel like 99 would make you crazy. I feel like that's too much. Wait, how much? 75. You're almost up to uh, Walter's 79. Whoa. Wow, Big time, that Walter. A... That's how much you still have left? Sanity? Yeah, he keeps missing everything. He's Magoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, going insane. Lenny's dead. Thompson's watching. On the phone with Lenny being dead, and you're Lenny's like... Lenny's fucking dead. He's dead. Really? He's that dead. Just killed him off. Just like that. That's rough. That's rough. It's fair. He's such a good <laughs> character. Why do you think I said rest in peace, Lenny? I don't know. He was a great character, but... I think people are going to go, like, done. Glenn... On The Walking Dead. They're going to be Get all pissed. mad that Lenny's gone? Well, They're I mean, gonna it's... They're going to be pissed. It's the game, favorite. For sure. Yeah. He, Lenny's not the favorite. Yeah, but it, it might lead to another plot line. Who knows? Or to revealing something else. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah, see. I know. Now no. we're going to have to cut... Now we're going to have to cut out his heart. Well, once uh, he comes so back... Oh, no! <laughs> once he comes back as an Ophidian. Cut it out and burn it. Well, that's what we have to do. We have to find some Russians and cut out his heart. Don't worry about God, it. It's already in his will. To cut out his heart? 
Yeah, the executor of the will is going to figure all that out. It's the bank. The bank's going to take care of all that. <laughs> the, the bank yeah. teller has to cut your heart out. Like, bro. Yep. <laughs> On a... Oh, not another one of these. <laughs> God. This is like the fifth one this month. Oh, damn. Caught both of them flies tonight. Sweet. Oh, just catch that one with your hand? I just snatched him out of the fucking sky. <laughs> like nice. rookie of the year. <laughs> Like Karate Kid, oh, no. just do it with chopsticks. Yeah. I ain't that good yet, but I'm working my way. It's good training. Well, damn. Hey, this is George. Just a quick reminder to like, follow, and review us if you like what you're hearing. And if you want to support us and make our show better, head on over to our Patreon. You can always email us at contact at thatcthulujohn.com with any comments. And you can follow us on Instagram at thatcthulujohn.